Hello, everyone, and welcome to Headwise, the weekly video cast and podcast of the National Headache Foundation. I'm Dr. Lindsay Weitzel. I'm the founder of Migraine Nation, and I have a history of chronic and daily migraine that began at the age of four. I am super excited today. I have someone that you might know very well. I have a guest today who is an advocate extraordinaire. This is Catherine Charit Dykes, known to many of us as Kat. Hi, Kat. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good today. Thanks, Lindsay. Good to see you. So Thanks. Kat is the founder and president of Chronic Migraine Awareness. Uh, this is also known as CMA. Uh, so many of us are members of her various social media groups. We see all the awesome shirts and clothes everyone wears representing CMA. And so I'm so excited to talk to Kat. We all love her and we love her purple hair. CMA <laughs> is a peer-to-peer -peer organization that is based on support and advocating for our own healing and healing of everyone around us who has chronic migraine. So we have Kat on today to share with us her story of living with and advocating for people with chronic migraine. We're going to touch on the importance of social support, both in her life and in the lives of the people that she helps and in her work with CMA. Um, so, uh, so that I'm going to stop talking, I'm going to let her talk. So Kat, can you just start by telling us about your personal migraine history and how it's impacted your life? Um, it's, it's definitely, you know, made an impact. Um, mm -hmm. the, the first migraine that I would say that I took note of that I really, you know, remember was when I was about 12 years old and, um, I was at the park with my friend and then all of a sudden it felt like someone took a knife and stabbed me in the head. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, that kind of hurts. I probably should go home. And on the way home, um, I started losing vision peripherally. So I, it was truly tunnel vision. It felt like I had blinders on my eyes and I, I looked left or right. It was just black. Mm. By the time I got home, my left hand was numb and uh, I was like, okay, this is really something. And I got home and I told my dad, like, I, I have the stabbing pain in my head. I can't see. And my hand is numb. And he told me to take an aspirin and lay down on the couch. So mm -hmm. I took an aspirin and I laid down on the couch. And then I got up and I threw up and then I laid down some more. And, and that was it. And I, you know, I didn't think of that kind of migraine again for you know, I didn't have another one like that. That's a hemiplegic kind of migraine. I didn't know that there are different types. Right. I didn't have another one like that until almost 18 years later. Um, what I did find out, though, was that uh, during my life, I was having silent migraine. Mm -hmm. By the time um, by the time my son was born, uh, I, I think between the sleep deprivation and everything else that was going on, it something had ramped up and, and I knew something was not right. I didn't know how to exactly describe it to my doctor, but I went to him and um, he said, well, maybe your ponytail is too tight. And I was, yeah, thanks for that. Was and that the problem, Kat? Uh, it, clearly it was you know oh my gosh I just love yeah. and, and, and stories it wasn't even in like a ponytail that. that day right. so I was right. just like thanks for that and the pay for have the co-pay to pay to make you pay I had to pay for that answer right right 
anyway, so, um, you know, uh, things got a little bit better. You know, I started, you know, doing the other things. I tried to, you know, I went to an allergist. I went to a chiropractor. I went to this. I went to that. I went to, I went to neurologists. I went, I, I used to work in a hospital. I had everything tested. Nobody could figure out whatever was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 lo- I, I had stopped working at that point, you know, because, I couldn't do anything and I, you know, driving was difficult and stuff like that. So. Right. right. Um, so I love hearing your story. I actually did not know your story until we started um, talking about it um, to plan this episode. And so I'm love that everyone got to hear your background and, and your story and uh, just one, probably what I'm guessing is one of the many things that uh, physicians said that made no sense or <laughs> to you, because uh, most of us have a, a lot of crazy things like that. So how did your um, advocacy journey then start um, with all this going on in your life? Well, I, I had a lot of other bad uh, diagnosis over there, diagnoses mm-hmm. uh, over the, um, the, course of the years um it it wasn't until finally 2003 uh where i was uh, working at um uh, kempo martial arts as uh an instructor and one of my senseis was like you look like you're having a migraine and i was like really because like this was not like the migraines i had had you know not like that one where that i couldn't see anything like i was i was functioning i wasn't throwing up so like i don't know if you know what you're talking about um, but finally I did, I got, he was the one like went to somebody else or a doctor and they were like, yes, this is a migraine here. Go to, this is a migraine specialist, go to them. And then I started getting help, but, um, I, but I wasn't getting better. So, mm-hmm. um, by 2009, I was completely disabled. I, I had to quit my job at the dojo. I, I had just started working on my third degree black belt, which I was, you know, really disappointed. I was in great shape, you know? Um, and then after that, I started, like, I lost all of my identities. I lost, mm-hmm. like, I couldn't be a mom. I couldn't be a wife. I couldn't be mm-hmm. a sister, daughter, cousin, friend, whatever, you know, pick. I was just in my cave, which was my laundry room at the time. It's still my laundry room. Um, mm-hmm. That, uh, and it was the darkest, quietest room in my house where I could just sit and put my sunglasses on and watch TV in the dark, you know? Mm. And so, but, um, and I was ready to like, okay, this is my life. I was going to accept it. And then my daughter had her first migraine right? and she was 12 years old and it was the same kind of migraine that I had. And I was like, hold the phone. There's no, this is no, this is not happening. So it, it happened to be just around the same time, a friend of mine had seen something on the news about uh, a clinical trial that was coming up for a peripheral nerve stimulator. So it would be implanted under the skin on your scalp and it would have electrodes and all this. So I was like, I didn't know if I wanted to get it. But once my daughter had the migraine, I was like, okay, that's it. You know, I, I have to do something. And if I can be a part of this trial and then, you know, maybe I'll have done something and that would be my gift to society or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then as it went through, it turned out that I had a lot of problems and um, I had already started, you know, the chat group on Facebook uh, that it was, it was just a chat group. It was not, 
you know, uh, an organization or anything by this point. And um, anyway, like people just started, you know, coming to support and, and things like that. So it, it kind of sprung out of there. And then I, I kind of saw that because, like I said, all of these roles that I had were stripped away from me. Suddenly now as an advocate, I, I had a new role. So mm -hmm. that was something that was, you know, it, it gave me a purpose again. Um, and I found that even though I was so sick and I couldn't do much for myself, giving words of support and helping somebody else know that they're not alone, like giving some validation or whatever, that, that, it, you know, that is absolutely necessary. Like I needed it as much as I could give it to, like it was right. you now back and forth. Right. I love that. And I also love, I can understand a little bit, um, the the increased need to advocate or do something once you're used to see your child right. uh my son was diagnosed as chronic at age seven and i thought i had it under control and then he went daily at age nine and boy did that put a fire under me so i can that it's just so true and i bet a lot of our listeners can relate to that themselves yeah. um so i love hearing that part of your story um I would love, I, I bet everyone wants to know this. So when did you dye your hair purple and does it help you advocate? I want to know if this makes a difference. It, it definitely does. Um, I, I think it was 2018 I started doing, I think I did like a stripe here and there. Then I was uh -huh. like fully committed. Um, uh, yeah, it, it definitely helps because it's a conversation starter. People comment on, I get a lot of comments. I mean, mm -hmm. most of them are from women and they love it. Um, mm -hmm. I've gotten a couple at conferences where they're like, well, you've really committed to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, people will say, you know, people have asked me, you know, is it, you know, is it for something? And I'll say, yeah, yeah it happens to be one of our awareness colors. And then I start a mm -hmm. conversation and whether they like it or not, they get a whole bunch of information about chronic migraine and, right. and everything like that, so. Right. And, and the other um, color for that you've been using as part of CMA, correct, is red. Right. I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for the day that half your head's red and half your head's I, purple. I tried that. I tried doing that, but you know what happens? I'm, I'm really, I'm too lazy to maintain it. It's a lot oh, okay. of work to get this done. And so it's like, uh, I could do purple and then I'll wear something red and just, you know. I see, I see. You know. So do you want to tell everyone why the other color for CMA is red? So the colors are, are, are purple and red because purple, first of all, is, um, well, it's migraine is, is, is represented already under that color, but mm -hmm. purple also represents, I don't know how many other comorbid conditions. So the colors mm -hmm. that we have are other comorbid conditions. Um, there's red is usually associated with heart conditions and stroke mm -hmm. and migraine has stroke-like symptoms. Uh, also it's, um, it's, we, we want to catch people's attention. We want, we need this to stop. We need people to understand and be aware of what the symptoms are. So they don't end up like us, right. you know, we don't want them to be chronic. Right. All right. That is a great answer. I love that. Thank you. Um, so there's, I love that. I asked this question of every advocate we have on here because I think it's so important because I, I think that not everyone understands this. Do you think advocacy helps you heal or helps your healing process? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, advocacy saved my life. Um, 
back again, going back in 2009, um, you know, I was already because of all these treatments, I was already suicidal. At, you know, I was in deep depression. Um, by 2013, I was planning my suicide. Um, it's because of the advocacy and because of the, it's a family really, that it's a community of people that I know now that uh, the, the support is amazing and you really need to have that support because there's so much stigma and people don't believe you. And how could you do this if you have a migraine? How could you, I tested for a black belt with a migraine. Mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't, again, it wasn't a hemiplegic, but it was still, you know, it, it was raging, but I pushed through it because that's what we do. You know, we don't know any other way to live other than forward. Yep. That's very true. And and it, it, it's hard because I feel like we say that and then everyone expects us to be able to do anything. There's so many different um, symptoms and there's so many, they come at every level and, you know, there's a lot of days where all those symptoms, the vomiting, the nausea, the pain might hit a really high level and sorry, I'm not going to be there. Yeah. And, you <laughs> Wherever know, it is you want me to be, you like, know, but it doesn't that, mean that we're not pushing that... through every day. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. Go ahead. No, you're fine. Go ahead. Um, I, I find that being able to advocate for other people too mm -hmm. is very empowering because, you know, kind of like with our kids, like, you know, if my best friend is sick, I'm going to be like, take care of my best friend right now. You know, yeah. I'm going to, so, you know, if she can't take care of herself or whoever it might be, you know, my husband or kids or whatever, you know, we, we can speak up for them and you know sometimes they need that sometimes you know like there, there were definitely times where i was too sick to say anything i mean i couldn't speak or whatever or i was just so drained that i needed to have someone you know be my mouthpiece and just say like look this she's got this she got that she's a, whatever she's miserable yeah you know it's like thank you yeah <laughs> thanks for saying all that <laughs> thanks for telling everyone why i look so terrible i say that all the time <laughs> I love when people are like, God, you look awful today. I'm like, I know, <laughs> I know. Like I worked really hard to look like this. <laughs> <laughs> Took me hours to look this awful. Uh, so yeah, so so what is your number one goal for CMA? Do you have a number one top goal? My my number one goal is to be out of a job, um, but I, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that awareness is just starting. There's... Uh, you know, with the new medications that we had out, we have out now with the CGRPs and there's commercials on TV, people are starting to become more aware about migraine. Yeah, they think they know about it, but they don't know all the symptoms. They don't realize there's so many people that are living with migraine that think it's just a bad headache or it's just tension or it's just stress or just this. Just, and like they're not acknowledging what it is and and that every one of those people that I think last we checked it at 60 million, every one of those 60 million has the potential to become chronic and it doesn't take years. It can take months. Once you start getting them frequently, that's it. You know, mm -hmm. the, so if that keep kids, you know, keep keep people from getting it, keep people from understanding. But again, I think, uh, I think I got some job security for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so can, um, 
Can you share with everyone how CMA um, is is currently helping people with chronic migraine? What are what are the programs? Just give in case people don't know. I think a lot of people know some of your programs, but might not know. Uh, there's really a lot of them. So can you really, can you give yeah. us a summary? Yeah. We do a lot of stuff. And what's really amazing to me is that this is 100% volunteer. Mm -hmm. Like the women, and they're mostly women that volunteer for me, um, they do this. They This is like not even their side gig. This is like their third or fourth gig, you know, mm -hmm. and they still take time to dedicate themselves to this. Um, so we have uh, our two programs are Aware Care and ARMS. Um, okay. Aware Care uh, is our support groups and, and mm -hmm. things that we do there. So you can go on Facebook and anything under chronic migraine awareness or CMA is going to be one of our groups. So okay. we have groups for um, not just the US, we're in Canada, Ireland, uh, UK, Australia, and New Zealand that we have specialized groups for. And then um, we have groups for men, uh, for moms, then we have crafters, and they, all of them are support in their own way. Um, mm -hmm. uh, sorry, a little, little frog in my throat. Um, then we have a part of what we do. So the, the people that are in the groups, they are discussing their lives and things like that. We have um, a group of volunteers called the Support Squad. And mm -hmm. these volunteers, are they monitor the groups. And when they see people that are struggling or having a very difficult time, um, sometimes it could be death in the family, maybe it's trouble in the marriage or work or right. something, it could be anything. Um, but we'll contact them, ask if it's okay if we get their address. And then these people will just send out a bunch of card support and go into oh, that wow. person's house. So yeah. these, this, and then we have another thing that we call is a triage kit, which is a box of just migraine helping things like ice caps and fog masks and and migra stick inhalers and mm -hmm. so on. There's just a ton of stuff that people donate. These organized companies donate to us, and then we just send them right out to the um, to the people who need them. So. Uh, again, the the box and the cards are sort of twofold. Obviously, the person who's getting them is getting support and they see what right. they, you know, they, and then they have all these products that they could use. But mm -hmm. hopefully to the people around them see, I mean, who gets who gets mail anymore, you know, especially <laughs> cards, right. you know, like if suddenly you, you're like, oh, look, there's six envelopes, six cards for you on this box came, oh. you know, and then you go like, oh, well, maybe, maybe her disease is real. Maybe she, maybe oh, this isn't yeah, just that's a great yeah. idea. I love it. I love it. And then like, then within that, there's also stuff that kind of leads into our advocacy part of it, which is arms. Um, mm -hmm. And they'll, they'll have brochures and pens and, you know, our, our swaggy things because the advocacy is really that simple. It doesn't have to be like me standing up, you know, or, you know, you don't have to get up on a podium. You can just say, oh, you know what? I know of an organization that deals with chronic migraine. Here you go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's advocacy. It's really right. that simple. Wearing the, the t-shirts and stuff that you, you know, you see us wearing, um, you know, the, the, you wear it while you're going food shopping. People can't help but read. So they right. see your shirt and, you know, they, they go, oh, you know what? I'm aware now because I read it, you know, right. It just it's as simple as that but then there's people who want to do more so mm -hmm. we have the arms group and arms stands for advocates removing migraine stigma because mm -hmm. just because we have migraine doesn't mean we're 
you know, uh, incapable of doing anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's people here, they're doing more things. They're going to Headache on the Hill. They're going to Miles for Migraine Races and they're hosting booths. We have mm-hmm. others that are going to street fairs and farmer's markets. Mm-hmm. Um, we give them a, a kit, a box of stuff that is, you know, filled with information and again, some, you know, swag pens, you know, fun things that people like to have. And they just pass them out to whoever, you know, they go to their doctor's offices and it's just getting the word out. You know, it's like boots on the ground. These yeah. are the people talking to the people who are living with it every day. So, right. I I love all the outreach. I love all the volunteers. I think it's just such a great thing. And I think everyone should go to your website. What is your website? You can go to, you could type the whole thing in and it's chronicmigraineawareness.org. Okay. Or if you're lazy and you could just do <laughs> cmaware.org. Okay. <laughs> if you're lazy. I love that. Okay. Um, so I, going there, I think is very helpful um, just to see all the things people are doing. Cause I do think it's very heartwarming to know there's people out there sending things to people with migraine, especially if they live in a household where they're experiencing a lot of stigma and people aren't understanding them. I think that's just awesome. Yeah. It's, so it's really, very, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. One thing that I noticed too, it's like, you know, like, when we meet each other, we're strangers. You believe me right away. If I said to you, oh, Lindsay, you know, I threw up every day for six years. You go, wow. You know, people, yeah. you, the people that you live with don't believe you. So this is yeah. just another reinforcement, you know, to help the people around you. I guess believe you. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that that is a great idea. Um, really quick. I would love to just throw in there. Um, your husband, Chris, I've noticed is with you at almost every meeting. Uh, it's an amazing social support, um, system that you seem to have. And I wonder if you could really quick tell us what that's meant to you. Um, and so that people can see that and and maybe what the, uh, social support of everyone else around you is meant. Chris has been fantastic. Uh, They wouldn't be a nonprofit if it weren't for him. So he has shown me support in, in many ways and, um, uh, you know, he'll, he'll wear a t-shirt. He'll let me dye his hair purple, you know, uh, you know, I mean, it's only for a day. This stuff washes up, but you know, yeah, he's yeah. just, he's, he's a very good sport about that. And um, he just has always let me be me. And if that me meant being sick and right. you know, that, you know, that is what, that's what he let me do. And if he couldn't do something to help me, he would sit with me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but he's, if I make me dinner, get me my medication, just, you know, he, he's always been good like that. And, right. and again, like when I go to appointments, if, you know, he driving me there, that was big, but also he would make sure that, you know, when we go in there that I wouldn't get bullied by doctors because there's right. so many, so much gaslighting and, or, you know, make sure too, that I was remembering to say everything I wanted to say or, and, or what I was told, you know, that I didn't get the directions messed messed up because I was, you know, so scatterbrained. Right. I think it's important to bring in the social support because that's so much of what CMA is about is is supporting each other uh, in groups and sending each other triage kits, et cetera. And so I I just wanted to bring in Chris because I've seen uh, how supportive he is. So uh, I love love to bring this episode together with a social support story. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience today? 
I think I covered a lot. They probably <laughs> have their ears bleeding by now. Um, uh, no, I think everything, it, it just think advocacy is important. It's it's important to be able to speak up for yourself, uh, speak up for others, educate yourself on your own health because, um, you know, we get stupid diagnosis and, and we we don't have to accept that. Right, right. Right. Thank you for saying that. Um, please repeat the website one more time in case anyone didn't get to write it down. It's chronicmigraineawareness.org. Okay. Or the, for, lazy, or the lazy for lazy people. For lazy CM, people. It's... Yeah, cmaware.org. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Kat. Thank you for being here. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in this week. Please tune in again next week for the next episode of Headwise, the podcast and videocast of the National Headache Foundation. Thank you again. Yeah.